welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly Doof Network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back to talk about The Boys. The Boys. So, uh, yeah, pretty messed up, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but in all the good ways. Um, well, some of the good Some of the good um, <laughs> Do you want to give us that plot summary that we also oh crave? Yes. So, okay, The Boys... <laughs> It kind of has two threads ongoing, although they're obviously quite intertwined. Uh, so I'd say the main character is is uh, this guy called Huey. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of this, you know, nice guy who's not really going anywhere in life uh, and is, is dating this girl who's sort of way too good for him uh, and basically just exists to uh, set him on a revenge path because she gets uh, quite brutally killed. Uh, yes, in the it's pretty episode. brutal, isn't it? It's um yeah I I was laughing my head off for that it scene sets like the it's, tone doesn't it it really like right off the bat you're like oh this is what this is gonna be yeah it's so overly ridiculously gratuitous like my reaction just went fully back around to sort of laughing at it um like the way he's left standing there with her um hand like her well her forearms in his hands still is just horrifying yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, Huey, as he's sort of recovering from this, uh, is approached by uh, Carl God, Urban. I, I was just yeah, I was just gonna say Carl Urban. Um, <laughs> That's fine. You can just call him Carl. Um, I think his name is T Boy. Oh, Billy. It's Billy oh, Butcher. Oh yeah, Billy Boy. Um, yes, and of course, so Carl Urban is playing Billy Butcher, who is uh, a Cockney British slash Australian slash New Zealand character apparently um carl urban seemingly <laughs> couldn't make up his mind there um, that's very carl urban i think yeah i mean i i kind of liked it um it was funny how i i mean obviously right from the get-go you don't really trust that billy butcher is like a good person yeah but i couldn't help but think that part of my distrust for him was that he had an australian accent for a lot of the first episode and mm. lord of the rings has trained me not to trust my own accent in film <laughs> yeah uh, it's interesting because he does he is like very much like you kind of expect him to end up being worse than he is i felt yeah i i did actually and that actually applies to most of the seven as well i think something Mm. this show does quite well is at the start i was very much thinking okay well apart from starlight and huey there are no heroes in this it's all villains and then towards the end i was sort of like no it's a bit more gray than that it's just a bunch of flawed people yeah yeah Uh, i i really liked how nuanced basically all the characters ended up being like i can't think of a single character that didn't feel like they had some nice depth to them no i agree um absolutely um anyway so so carl urban recruits uh huey to help him out uh trying to get revenge on the the superheroes who are sort of killing people and not being held to account for it Mm -hmm. uh which is a very noble cause that billy handles very unnobly yes um bunch of shenanigans ensue uh they drag some more people uh, into their cause uh, and and things sort of go really wrong and they end up sort of fighting directly against the superheroes but luckily they end up with one superhero on their side and it's this uh, new superhero girl called Starlight. And that's the other plot of the show is yes. Starlight's entry into the Seven which is the yes. Justice so League the seven, basically. The Seven are the premier superhero group in uh, in the world and they're basically the Justice League. I yep. mean there's like a, a one-to-one mapping of everyone but Starlight to a, a main Justice League person. Yeah. 
uh, it, it's not. I don't think they're even subtle about it. It's, well, I mean, it's pretty translucent isn't really like. There's no Justice League member that's super known for just kind of turning invisible. Um, is it, well, Martian Manhunter does that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, but that's not his thing, no, right? right. Um, yeah. To be fair, I haven't seen many Justice League things, but for the most part, like Queen Maeve's blatantly Wonder Woman, <laughs> yes. Homeland is blatantly Superman, yep. The Deep is blatantly Aquaman, yep. uh, Lamplighter, I'd even say, is pretty blatantly Green Lantern, even though we yes. don't see him. And I think that's even a meta joke in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's the one who's the Batman-esque character, whose name I can't remember. He Night- almost struck me as, as more of a death Deathstroke. Um, oh, yeah. Black Noir. Black Noir, that's right. And uh, then obviously there's The talk. Flash, who is A-Train. I- I kept expecting Black Noir to go somewhere this season, but he didn't. Um, I'm assuming I hope next that he season... never goes anywhere. The, be- <laughs> the best thing about Black Noir is that he's just, like, so removed from the story. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so basically Starlight gets accepted into the Seven, which is a bit of a surprise, and she basically learns that they're a shit show. Yep. Uh and you know it's very corporate this was one of my favorite sort of recurring jokes i guess throughout the series was how overly corporate the superhero stuff is yes it's very uh kind of anti-capitalist i would say this or oh yes yeah, yeah. this show which um, i love i mean the bi- there's a bit where a train goes to visit kids with cancer as a sort of publicity thing uh to fill in for translucent who's missing uh because huey's killed him yep uh and and this kid this cancer kid just lays into a train is like well i want to translucent <laughs> and uh, a train's like oh it's okay you know after this i'm i'll take you out and you know we'll, we'll beat this thing and this kid's like you're gonna teach me how to outrun cancer and it's it's so painfully awkward it was it was fantastic yep um yep but yeah so uh basically yeah so uh you know the the things you know between the superheroes and i guess the group is called the boys although i don't yeah, know if that's ever never explicitly actually called that yeah but yeah yeah. Um, I think there's like one or two times where Carl Urban refers to them as the boys, but it's much more in a colloquial, like how you would describe a group of guys that you're working with way. Yeah. Um, so it never felt like an official title, but anyway, uh, things heat up between them and it doesn't really resolve. I was actually very glad to hear that this had been renewed for a season two already when I finished it because, yeah. um, it, it, it ends, definitely feels, it, yeah, it, it ends in a, uh, non ending way. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't quite call it a cliffhanger, but there's definitely it's not a, it's not a finale, uh, really. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think someone we haven't really touched on at all that we need to talk about is uh the the leader of the seven, and <sighs> arguably the bad the bad guy is yes. uh, Homelander, who is the super Superman ripoff. What a character Homelander is, right? I mean, he's a great villain. He uh, is so fucking terrifying. <laughs> like this might be the most terrifying villain I've seen in a of a, a while. Um, yeah, he's definitely right up there. Um, I, I think because because obviously like Bright Brightburn came out recently, which yeah. was you know basically redoing um that superman origin movie i don't even remember what they're called anymore um it's basically a superman origin story except what if superman was like evil yeah what if Um, superman bad yeah yes and and obviously superman in all of his stories is overly good Um, well except the actual dc cinematic universe movies (laughs) yeah i haven't really seen those so i I probably shouldn't talk too much but uh yeah like superman Superman is i mean people use superman as a phrase to describe someone being a boy scout right yeah exactly like in general he's sort of an overly goody goody character yeah um homelander feels like this much more in the middle 
fucking terrifying person with so much power who puts on this facade that they're a good person uh but underneath they're just a bit of a psycho like and i think that that balance is what makes it so much more terrifying like the way he pretends to be the goody goody superman and everyone believes it makes him so much more terrifying yeah uh, and and the he more you kind learn of he, isn't. he kind of believes it too right that's the part that kind of makes him super scary to me is he sees himself as the superhero he sees himself as superman yes although he sees himself as better than everyone and he he puts on the show because it's easier but you sort of get the sense as the season's wrapping up that he's probably not going to bother with that much anymore maybe Um, it's hard to yeah i mean there really is a sort of sense that if the rest of the world turned against him he'd still win yeah Um, uh i it's kind of like thinking about it how could any of the seven stop Homelander? I mean, like, maybe A-Train would be able to do something? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, or if Starlight's power somehow is, like, his kryptonite. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, that, that's something the show actually explicitly brings up, is that everyone's searching for his weakness uh, in a kryptonite sort of fashion, and there isn't one. In fact, the closest they come is in the finale, Carl Urban thinks it is uh, Miss Sitwell, who is the manager of the seven um yep. that homelander just... has a weird uh oedipus style yes. uh, crush on uh oedipus is the perfect phrase uh for that uh yes uh and and so carl urban thinks that's his weakness but it turns out uh he's just a bit psycho of course now he's got the sun which i think will will sort of fit that bill mm. um so yeah i mean i'm trying to think what else to say about this show like it it I think more than any other show that lives on my recent memory, this is a show where every episode there were just like one or two absolute like what the fuck or what the hell yeah. scenes. There are a lot of um, moments that just kind of floor you in this show, yeah. right? Um, like like a lot of other shows will have maybe a couple of those a season or just sort of be consistently good. Yeah, This show very much, at the end of every episode, I was able to point to one or two scenes that were just like individually fantastic like very memorable scenes yes some of those were because of the special effects and the gore yeah um like the like the scene where robin gets killed by a train as he flies through her um the scene where the deep kidnaps a a dolphin (laughs) and then is forced to stop and the dolphin flies through the windscreen uh the thing that gets hit by a truck uh yeah similarly um the the plane scene i want to talk about this airplane scene because to me this is the scene that defines this show to me right it's so if you haven't seen it yet go see it it's awesome what are you doing (laughs) um i know it's on amazon prime you'll just have to excuse that for a moment um this scene is is uh homelander and wonder woman what's her name queen mave queen mave uh tasked with rescuing a plane as a kind of pr thing there's a plane that's going down and they can save it um and they get there and realize that they won't have enough time to save the plane what they can do interestingly it's something dumb that homelander does that causes them to not be able to do it anymore like it's his carelessness that uh kills the the pilot and in like damages the controls so that they can't actually fly the plane yeah so the plane's going down they have time to save some people but homelander says no if we only save some of them it'll kind of break the illusion of heroes being able to do everything we have to just pretend that we got here too late to do anything and the plane crashed and we get this scene of homelander leaving and queen Maeve kind of being forced to go along with this even though she clearly doesn't want to just because what else can she do it's homelander right yeah Um, pretty much and i mean i think that's um like queen Maeve. i think serves sort of two purposes in this season like she doesn't really have much of an individual arc 
But um, the first the first thing she does is she's very much the sort of second most powerful person that we see. Like every yeah. scene of her that's by herself is her absolutely kicking ass. Yeah. And then every other scene where she's near Homelander, she's clearly fucking terrified of him. Yes. So it helps establish his threat level because it's sort of we know how powerful and competent she is and how like how generally strong she is as a person not just like physically yeah and she's clearly fucking terrified of him so it makes you more terrified of homelander yeah um and then the other role she serves is she's kind of what starlight might be in 10 years if if she had just stayed with the seven yeah Um, i i kind of i see her role there as being a bit kind of like there needs to be something to let us know that not everybody is an irredeemable sack of shit completely and utterly, right? Like, it would just be too depressing if every single member of the Seven was completely irredeemable. And so mm. we need some hints that I think um, Queen Maeve is at least somewhat redeemable. Similarly, kind of with the Deep A-Train, they all kind of have these bits of they're human, Um Except Homelander, yeah. who is not. He is a fucking psychopath. But, yes. Uh, the rest of them, they need to be human. Um, and, and I think that's that's kind of what that, that her relationship with Starlight shows, is that she is human. She does have a soul. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you're right. The plane scene is very powerful for many reasons. And then that the episode scene is capped off with Homelander giving his speech to help get the, the superheroes into the military, yes. where he kind of blames it on the terrorists. And it's so... It's horrible. Uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> it's it's yeah. yeah it, it's, it's a very powerful scene. It's yes. it's really good. Um, um, can we talk about the deep for a bit? Because the deep is it. Yeah. Has a. I don't. The deep is the one part of this show that I don't know how to reconcile in my head. Um, because we first meet the deep when he he's the first of the seven that Starlight meets properly. Um, yeah. And he uh, says to her, "Hey, if you want to stay on this team." I'm important enough that you have to make sure I'm happy with you and then gets her to he sexually assaults her. He, he, you know, rapes her, I guess is the word. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's definitely just straight up rape essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he just kind of goes off into the background and has a series of comedic misadventures. And it, I don't, know how to feel about it because he does <laughs> like the first thing we see him do is so sickening right and it yeah it is the thing that shows us hey actually the seven aren't what you thought they were going to be um he's the symbol of that f- at the start of the show to starlight and then he just kind of has this arc afterwards where he's not like he's not redeemed but you do kind of feel sorry for him and he just kind of becomes goofy and it's very str- like i don't know i don't i really don't know what to make of it yeah i mean for me there are two parts to his journey in the second half i think there's the part where you come to understand that like he he's a bit of a victim too um mm. i was actually talking to my sisters about this and, and they like uh one, uh one of my sisters was saying like the deeps character arc was her favorite part of the show um because she liked how it showed that in general most of the people who like abuse other people like that are victims in their own way mm. and that's that's sort of what she took away from it Mm. and i agree like i sort of see that like particularly in the bits where he's in um sandusky in ohio yeah uh and and a girl essentially like rapes him yes um and 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 it's sort of implied that maybe not that's happened before but you know it's like his gills are something he's very insecure about and so i can see this plot where you're sort of talking about how you know the people who abuse others are victims in their own way and they're sort of pushing 
that forward and perpetuating cycles and you know it's it's sort of everyone's a victim uh, yeah but, but it, the, I, I agree the with other you, but... half the other half of that journey though is this attempt to turn him into the goofball and that's the part that doesn't work for me yeah. because it's hard to appreciate the goofy humor parts when we already hate him so much for what he did in episode one <laughs> yes and and so you mentioned the scene with him uh kind of escaping the dolphin and that was that was kind of a bit where i was kind of like i can't like i can't this scene is obviously trying to be funny and i just can't get behind it because three episodes ago he raped the character that we like the i think the one character that we actually like that gets out of this pretty squeaky clean yeah i think starlight and huey are the only two i would sort of call good people and huey Huey, kind of pushes that yeah huey definitely jeopardizes his uh his good person status throughout this series um but yeah no i i would agree like i think i think i can sort of see what they were going for with the deep with this idea of a of a plot line that involves sort of talking about how you know uh, the abusers are the victims i just don't think they quite hit the mark there i I think it's because they didn't have a thing that they were building to like if the deep had come back in some way and had taken part in something like some dismantling of the seven or, or whatever it is, I mean, maybe that would have been a bit too heavy handed though. I don't know. I, we, yeah, I guess. And, and maybe that, maybe they'll get there. Yeah, um, He still exists. So we, I guess we'll see what happens with him in season two. I expect something to happen. I just don't know what it yeah. is. Um, no, but I, I agree. I, I'm not sure if I have any suggestions for how to improve it, but I definitely think it's something that could have been handled better. Yeah. Um, because when you do, de- especially, you know, when you're dealing with a very, you know, tricky topic like that, um, like no doubt if that is sort of what they were going for, that's, that's like a very touchy thing. Yeah. It's a hard really line careful. to walk, huh? Yeah. You got to be really careful about how you approach it. And I don't think in trying to inject comedy in there was, was probably the right call. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Yeah. I, we've, we've, have we talked about the show being funny? I mean, it's a, it's a black comedy, right? That's kind of how it's. Yeah, definitely. All the humor is generally like black comedy. Yes, um, I quite like, liked a lot of the scenes with um the Christian superheroes. That felt like uh, a very funny source of comedy to me. Uh, Ezekiel. Yes, um, and there were a few. There were like a few other superheroes in the Christian superhero camp that I I, I just found yeah. it was that all that stuff was quite entertaining. I mean. Something that I sort of want to complain a little bit about, and maybe this is just because Worm has ruined me, but <laughs> I, I spent, I had like written in my notes about four or five episodes in that I didn't like, I, or I was like, oh, I guess, sorry, I, I had in my notes about four or five episodes in that I kind of like that they're just ignoring the origin of superheroes and it's just, mm. they're in the world, just deal with it. And then yeah. they obviously introduce this plot line that it turns out all superheroes are being manufactured. Yeah. And this started in the 70s and that didn't really work for me because I, I think that's the first point we're introduced to the concept that superheroes have only been around for like 40 years. Mm. Uh, like that, that's the thing that doesn't sort of like, it, it feels weird to me that the world has just so readily accepted superheroes if they only sprouted up in the yeah, 70s. To the extent that they're stars of films, which feels like it's a, a at least yeah. a second or third step in the accepting uh, superheroes process. Yeah. Like the concept that this is, that they're, they're still just a corporate entity and everything is just yeah. kind of, it, it feels like kind of shonky world building to me so far. Yeah, and no, that's fair. I think some of the things need superheroes to be young, like the fact that they are talking about can superheroes be a part of the military as a as a pretty key plot line for, for some of the stuff that's going on. That kind of needs them to be young, but I agree they didn't really seed that idea uh, yeah. super strongly. Yeah, like, um, like obviously, so something that comes up is that Vought 
perpetuates this idea that the soups were chosen by God. Yep. And um, that's why so many of them are very much involved in this this like Christian scene throughout America. Yep. Uh, and again, that's something that doesn't feel established until after they reveal this this thing that the babies are being injected. Yep. And so it's sort of like I. I feel like the the in the world it would make sense if there'd been like a massive boost in like you know the number of people attending these sorts of Christian things because like I think that would convert a lot of people because there's a bit less faith needed if you genuinely believe <laughs> that God is creating superheroes right yes I think uh, that would be pretty compelling uh, evidence yeah like it certainly leads to a smaller leap of faith being needed um and it's interesting that because uh, something that Homelander does uh, towards the end of the series is in order to help uh, push this along he creates uh terrorist superheroes to justify needing the soups for the war yep um which like very much it, it doesn't show a lot of forward, think- forward thinking because that very much invalidates the whole soups chosen by god <laughs> thing if suddenly like the islamic terrorists also have them like that the, yeah the, soups are chosen by their god too well it, yeah exactly <laughs> you know these are both religions that sort of rely on their path being the only path so i don't really yeah, and understand how he thinks that's going to gonna think- work it's a bit weird to think, oh yeah, that god, the the chosen for him were the terrorists. Like it's very, I mean, I guess it's it's a quite anti-Christian uh, show, but that would be a bit of a weird message to be sending. <laughs> the message yeah. that people buy, like the Christian god cho- chooses the good people to become superheroes, but no, that Islamic god, he chooses the bad people to become well, superheroes. I mean, well, the ironic thing is, like, at the end of the day, the Islamic and and Christian god, it's the same god. Yeah. Uh, so like. They just both believe different things about him. So I mean, maybe yeah. the message anyway. is meant to be like, God put these superheroes on her, but now Satan has learned how to make superheroes yeah. too, or whatever. I mean, that's surely how Vought would try to spin it, but that like, it's, yeah. it's this whole thing. Um, yeah, no, it's fair. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, anyway, I mean, yeah. So just talking about the uh, the bit where they find the, the babies are being injected, yeah. the bit where Carl Urban's character uses the baby <laughs> with uh, lightsaber eyes to just maul everyone yeah. is hilarious and in fact that's something like i love all the scenes where homelander is using his laser because they don't they don't shy away from the gore of it like people Mm. are explosively cut in half yes um it's it's really intense and i quite liked that yeah i think that one of the things this show set out to do is really show you how gory superpowers would really be in real life um yeah i mean right from the get-go that's what happens with a train right Mm mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, uh, I want to come around to the idea of exploring the world behind the soups a bit. Because you're right that I think some of it falls on its face. But the parts, like, Homelander's descent into full-on madness is so compelling to me. Like, it's so... Yeah, yeah. It just is incredible. Like, it's incredible to watch. And the actor, whose name I, I don't remember, is... Like, he does so well. You're you're right. Like the slide in at least our perspective onto just how unhinged he is and how yeah. terrified everyone is of him is very well done. And the um you're right, the actor's ability to switch from the cheerful put on nice Superman homelander to the psychotic evil one that's under the hood is is like phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh yeah. There's a lot of excellent um excellent acting in this um the, yeah. uh, Stillwell, who's the CEO of the of of Fort, is it? Yeah, um, well, I think she's the vice president or at the moment. Sure, yeah, that... sorry, she's responsible for the the seven. Uh, yeah, 
and she is incredible. Her character arc in this is incredible because she, you kind of think that she's the villain for most of the show until we kind of find out, oh no, Homelander's basically just kind of intimidating everybody into basically doing what he wants. Yeah, I'd still say she's not a very good person. Um, oh but, no, I'm with you there, man. <laughs> uh, you know, she's not she's not the villain, but uh, you know, she's she's a shit person. Still, she just ends up being another victim of Homelander's uh, because of the position she was in, which is a bit unfortunate yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, I think so. The wait, the the only other thing I want to mention is uh, part of the group that is the boys, apart from Carl Urban and Huey, is they also recruit. Um, a guy who's called Mother's Milk, and yeah. that's never explained. Um, yeah, great. It's it's a fun name. Uh, but the real MVP of the show for me was uh, Frenchie, yeah. who's a French guy. Um, Classic. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> Carl Urban's character is not very creative with his nicknames. Yeah, he and, does uh, very Australian nicknames. <laughs> uh, and like uh, Frenchie's really, I think, in a lot of ways, the heart of their group. Yeah. Um, Huey's sort of the heart who doesn't stand up as the heart, and, and yeah. Frenchie's the one who actually cares and he is a very interesting art because he starts completely detached from everyone particularly the women in his life and then sort of falls for this um you know girl who was being dosed with uh the compound v to turn her into an evil crazed super uh super villain yeah um and it's uh like i don't know i just actually really enjoyed that little subplot as it went on yeah, I think they all... I, I found them all quite compelling. I mean, like, you know, um, Frenchie is obviously great, but Mother's Milk, he's not as main of a character, but he does have his, like, his moments, right? Um, yeah, definitely. He's he's probably just a bit too straight for me to call him, like, super interesting. Like, he, he's, yeah. he's, in a way, the straight man of their group, which, like, you need that, but, like, uh, he sort of serves as, as kind of the basic moral compass a lot of the time. I don't know, whereas Frenchie's a bit more out there in, in the way... He approaches this stuff, but just as endearing, if not more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the other great things about this show is uh, Starlight. Her human name is Annie January, which is such a—it's such a comic book <laughs> name for a human to have. <laughs> like, it's so on point. Um, yeah, it's great. Good stuff. It's—it's it's a great, like, it's a great, it's a great show all around. And I—I I actually haven't read the comic that it's based on, but. Just like there's there's a bunch of cool stuff in there. I, I kind of want to go back and read it just to kind of make the connections, but I also don't want to spoil myself for um for later. Yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to catching up on season two of this whenever it comes out. I think uh there's so much superhero content out there these days, but this is sort of something that'll make the cut for me. Um it's it's a very enjoyable uh interpretation of yeah. superhero I- uh stories we haven't kind of touched on more of the overt themes of uh, you know how how this is talking about hollywood celebrity culture and stuff and we could but i I don't think we need to say that much about it beyond the fact that i think it's hilarious that Haley joel osmond is like the grown-up child star superhero (laughs) yes i was gonna say that um Uh, role it's it's pretty spot on yeah um yeah i did enjoy like i loved how corporate it all was um you know the bit like where they give starlight the new outfit in like oh, the third yeah. episode and it's just this skimpy revealing thing and it's just like oh fuck they would um <laughs> it's it, like they 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 nailed it all it was it was very fun to watch yeah. um this sort of satire of you're right corporate publicity um culture yeah 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 um yeah so that's uh the boys do you have more that you want to say about it elliot um no i think that's I think that's pretty much it as i said I'm, I'm keen to see season two um 
yeah, I really enjoyed this. And if I had to put a number to that, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give this an eight and a half. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this and um, it wasn't perfect, but it's, it's good enough to keep me coming back for season two. Good work resisting the urge to give it a the seven out of ten. <laughs> I mean, a- Amazon, sorry, just one mm. one comment before we go. Yeah. A- Amazon's really uh, stepping up their original content selection. Like just, just looking at it now, I think, uh, you know, Netflix used to be the subscription that had all the best uh, original shows. Mm. And that was why I kept it. Whereas looking at it now, all the original shows I'm interested in now are all on Amazon. Like we've talked about Good Omens, yeah. the, the boys, The Expanse is now an Amazon exclusive. Like their their library is getting really strong and yeah. Netflix's is waning more and more. I gotta say, I've just started uh, Mindhunter and boy, that show's good. That's a pretty good Netflix original. Um, okay. But we'll, maybe we'll save that. that for another time. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, speaking of, uh, it's your turn, Elliot. What have you got for us all to check out? I, I'm bringing something a little bit different, I guess, mm. this week. Like, you mean it's I don't not know another how... uh, inversion of superhero tropes? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> are we even allowed to talk about other things? Um, uh, see, I don't know how well this is going to be suited to our format. So I guess this is a another little experimental one, which most of my little experimental things haven't gone very well. So okay. we'll see how this one goes. I'm bringing you a YouTube series called Tier Zoo. Okay. Um, and that's tier as in like top tier. Okay. Um, and and then zoo. Like, yep, like a zoo. With the animals. Gotcha. Um, so, yes, uh, like... I haven't binged this series. I'm actually still making my way through it um, right now. So I'll probably be watching a chunk of this over the next two weeks as well. Okay. Um, But this is a series where this guy basically talks about zoology stuff. So he talk, talks about animal stuff as if he's talking about the the meta of like a video game. Okay. So um, basically it's like this weirdly educational series that hides <laughs> the education behind pretending it's talking about video games behind and a I don't solid know why... layer of game memes yeah and and i don't know why this works for me so well but like i found myself really enjoying uh this series i don't know how bingeable it is and so that like that's part of why i'm worried about um bringing it here yeah sorry um uh, so that, that's part of why i'm a little worried about bringing it here because it I, I don't know if, like, you know, you just chugging through as much as you can in two weeks is going to be a good thing. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I've been sort of slowly making my way through it over the last, like, handful of weeks, and I found it, um, you know, really fun to pop on every now and then. How um, much of this is there? This It's about... He, he, he brings out, like, a video every week or so, and it's been going for a couple of years. Oh, so wow. there's, there's, like, there's a good amount of them. Um, and, and is I, each one, I, like, a different animal, or...? it's all sorts of different things so like um i've pulled out some highlights from the most recent like 10 or so just to give you an idea um so you know some of the recent ones have been entitled like um pigs used to be overpowered um the ice age tier list um the tier list ones are some of my favorites where he sort of creates tier lists for a period of um history okay and uh yeah so top five animal team combos and then like the deep sea meta um And, and I mean, you know, that's sort of the, the language in this show is yeah. very fun. Like, uh, he talks about, you know, the Cretaceous expansion. I, I just watched one about dinosaurs. So all my examples are going to be dinosaur based. Um, so, you know, he, t- uh, he talks about the Cretaceous expansion or, um, you know, how dinosaurs were nerfed uh, in the <laughs> Meteor update. Yeah. Um, and, and so and it's just, it's it's really fun. Like, it's, it's such a fun conceit and hides, like, I've actually sort of learnt a lot about animals and stuff as I've been 
going through it. So I just, I, yeah, I don't know if we'll have all that much to talk about about it next week, but I thought it was really fun and I think people should check it out. Okay. Tearzoo. Is, is this a start at the start and go or? I've been jumping back and forth. You know how YouTube will just recommend you yep. something else like randomly oh, through, like can't spread throughout. That. That's so, going to drive me mental. Um, yeah, I'm currently sort of at that point where I'm trying to like find specific ones and it's a bit more tedious because I've jumped all over the place yeah. already. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, there's definitely a production quality difference between the originals and the current ones, uh, and that's due to sponsorships and patrons he's picked up in the meantime. Mm. So I wouldn't suggest you only watch, like, you know, the first videos from the first quarter over the next two weeks. Like, you might want to jump around a bit. Um, but, yeah, like, I think even from the get-go, it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, okay. I guess we'll 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 check it out and we'll see what we think of it in a fortnight when we're back to talk about tearzoo um but that's the end of our episode for this fortnight thanks for joining us folks if you have comments on tearzoo please leave them in the uh in the discord uh channel uh the doof media discord or you can uh tweet them at us uh, at media md podcast yes uh the other way is to email us at media md podcast at gmail.com i shouldn't have started that with that that's confusing media yes. md podcast at gmail.com is our email address yeah um, if you're looking for uh, how to get access to that cool Discord that we just mentioned, uh, it's available to everybody who backs Doof Media uh, on Patreon. So if you want to find out more, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. Yes, uh, and if you want to find out even more about like what Doof Media is and, and why you should support it, uh, head to doofmedia.com and it's got all the details on all the many great shows uh on the doof network it's, yeah. it's a really great collection of uh of you know shows analyzing different bits of media yeah um you can find shows like deep impact which is our other show that we do uh you can check out also mm, what you say which is a new oc discussion <laughs> podcast which i'm very into um yeah all kinds of things you can find links to all the things we mentioned uh, ways to contact us other shows oh and all of the clues for the media md arg you can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his Superman so super mean? Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Sound. Sound. And we'll see you next fortnight.